Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Chris. Enjoy this episode. This was a private meeting, one of my private meetings that I had with Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk on episode 118. Um, I'll tell you what, you're going to enjoy it. I was able to bring in some of our staff to sit in on this meeting, and uh, and and the hope was that we would share this on as a podcast episode, so that way you could kind of hear, um, again, some like behind-the-scenes talk, and whenever I'm talking with Gary about how can we help support the trades, what else can we do, he brings up NFTs, which is still like, somewhat difficult for me to understand. Um, but the point is, is I want you to share a little bit of backroom conversation with him, uh, that I have with him, with you guys on this episode. Now there's a few audio blemishes in there, like about 20 minutes or so in. So bear with us, but uh, we'll blame Gary and his connectivity because it wasn't mine. But anyhow, we hope you enjoy this episode. Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. This is to the point, a rhino experience. Bullet one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Dude, we're live, me and you, Gary. What's up, brother? Good to see you again, man. It's been since good to uh, see you. since Rhino X out here in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, man, it's good to see you. Like I said, hey, I'm uh I'm obviously, you know, we've talked, so I'm really motivated to nail this. So let's rock and roll. Yeah, bro. I um and one um I'm gonna start out with a couple things too, and then we we'll just get right into it for the sake of time, dude. It's been three years now since our we've kind of started our little partnership when we met at what Mastros or something like that. Mm-hmm. I forget where it was. Mm-hmm. And in November 18, fast forward, we're in the Vayner Mentors Program. You roll out Sasha Group. We've had this partnership. We're at the thir- end of the third year of it now. Um, and it's been cool to kind of be a part of it. I think I was the first actual digital marketing agency to be in that mentors program, which is kind of digital unique. Yeah, it was really cool. I think so. Yeah. So, and then, um, you know, again, you got to come out and be a part of the initial Rhino X uh, conference event out here, which was the first one, which by the way, was also something I had brought into the mentors program to like vet out. And then when we flew in, you told Anna to say, Hey man, just say yes. And I finally got her to say yes to that Rhino X event, and it worked out because it was a great event. Um, but then the last thing too, and I know you know this already too, but the you know the 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 podcast. I'm sitting in the studio now. Yeah, I'm um, pumped about it, dude. This thing is like incredible. I know. So I'm I know. so grateful that you pushed it. It's become the most downloaded marketing podcast in the home services industry. Good for you, um, yeah. It's also it's I mean, also the lead it's also the lead gen to so. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah, uh, it was gigantic so anyway man like you you know you help kind of push that into the direction and um one that i have a podcast after this i'm on and somebody asked me an interview about how the podcast got started and it literally came from that little extra nudge you know of uh not only uh, you telling me to get started with doing it but then you know uh, sasha group really laid out the whole like playbook for me how to roll it out so that was perfect, but th- it's blown up. I mean, we're 94 episodes in, and it's by far the biggest in the marketing space for home awesome. services specifically, which, which is our yep. world. Yep. But I just want to say, uh, starting out with a little gratitude, my man, dude, I appreciate it. Like, Thank it was you, huge. And, um, and it continues to grow. So I'm excited to see what 2022 looks like. Let's do so you really helped um, elevate Rhino, you know, our brand. Um, in the industry to be a, a, like one of the leading digital marketing companies in home services. And we've really put that out there with a lot of the things we've executed that we learned from Vayner and just our friendship that we've been able to develop and, our, and the partnership with Sasha and even Jimmy O, Jimmy the Pencil coming in and helping us yep. kind of make sure structurally we were good to go. So I learned that uh, how important branding really is. Um, 
interesting enough, you say how important it is, and uh, it's true. It's legit. <laughs> That's a real thing. It's the so, real thing. And I think that one thing that COVID really did for our industry and home services was I think it exposed if you if you ever question how important brand was, that certainly like made you really rethink about how important it really is to have that brand equity. And, and I don't think that's going anywhere. It's always going to be important. I know you talk about it overall, but I want to kind of talk uh, quickly just about, you know, in our core in our core product, as you know, is like search engine optimization, uh, pay-per-click marketing. Of course, we do social media. At Rhino, actually put on a banger display on social me- on how to do social media, which we got a lot of great feedback from. But how should, like, from your perspective, how should search engine optimization and Google AdWords or pay-per-click be a part of the overall digital marketing strategy. So in addition to branding, obviously yeah, like that to course. me is the given. Well, listen, I mean, you know, there's marketing and then there's sales and both matter tremendously. And let there be no confusion. There is no stronger sales engine in the world than Google AdWords because it's intent-based marketing. If somebody, like Wine Library, my dad's business, like takes, you know, pay-per-click Google world super serious because if somebody types in Silver Oak Cabernet, it's like a really good idea to be there first with the right copy. Now there's creativity in it. You you know, it's not just spending the most dollars. The copy right. is everything. When I used yeah. to do Google, I mean, I built my dad's business on Google AdWords. Long before, like everyone thinks it's social. That got kind of manipulated because of my career. I was print, radio, but my big breakthrough was Google AdWords. And to this day, yesterday, I looked at the Google AdWords campaign that my dad's running for wine text. .com. By the way, everyone listening, winetext.com, sign up. There's a little, <laughs> there's a little sales pitch. Um, you know, so to your point, I, I, off, I don't talk about it often for one reason. I think it's insane if people don't treat it like oxygen. The reason I don't talk about Google AdWords is because, and, and pay per click is because that's all I talked about from 1999 to 2007. <laughs> And then, and you know, it's the same reason I'm talking about NFTs right now. Like, I don't really need to talk about Instagram creative. But to answer your question directly, I view it as sales more than more than marketing. Though you can do branding with it. Though why it is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a toolbox. If if social media is a wrench, and if NFTs is some weird tool that you never use because it's new, but it's a tool. Well, I would say that pay for you know CPC is is a uh, is a hammer. It's like an essential core tool. I don't think there should be any business on earth that's not running Google AdWords because it's a sales machine. I just happen Gary V the character. I spend so much time on brand and marketing, but when you, the way you ask the question, overall, it's I view it. Actually, I'll use another analogy. I'm. I'm very bad at the anatomy, so I failed science. I don't know, I assume, well, I know the heart and I know the brain and I assume one of your two lungs, I assume there's certain things you need to do to be alive, right? And then there's (laughs) other things that you don't. I'm not sure if it's spleen or, I don't know, but there's some things, the colon, I'm not sure which one you're allowed to take out and you're fine, but that's how I think about marketing. To me, social media creative and media is like the heart but I would say that CPC is like the brain. You can't be a human without having both. Yeah, I, I want to say that um, I get I got the luxury. I can't. I think I sent this over to you. Actually, I know it. I think I texted it to you. 
when I got invited to go do this keynote at Roofcom with like Ed Milet, John Maxwell, all these guys, it was kind of a first for me. Um, but one thing I hit on was how successful are companies that are doing both search engine optimization and pay-per-click, but also have really strong brand equity. The overall outcome is tremendous. Uh, the overall results have yeah, been if tremendous. You can, if, you, if you can do, if you are pumping out content on your .com or your conversion place where you're winning on SEO, well, that's a holy grail, but you have to be remarkable. I mean, I was remarkable at Wine Library TV and it was first result for the word wine, but wine.com, wine spectator, there were still things that were beating me. You know, I think SEO is incredibly important. What I love about SEM is it's no guessing. Yeah. Right? Like if somebody types in, I need to fix my refrigerator, how to fix my refrigerator. And if you sell refrigerator repair, and if you're willing to pay the 13 bucks, the dollar 30, I don't know the current market on refrigerator repair, <laughs> you know, I'm a byproduct. Just to remind you, my man, I was buying almost every wine term for 10 cents a click because I was first. Yeah, let that sink in. <laughs> buy wine on the internet, buy wine online, buy wine, 10 cents a click. Of course I was dominant. Of course I blew up my dad's business. It was supply and demand. Just like I'm gonna win on NFTs, I'm doing it first and best. But yeah, SEO, SEM, sales, like intent-based sales. I want to buy wine right now. I'm going to go to Google. It's very good to be great at that. On the flip side, it's equally great to be in your Twitter feed or your Instagram feed or your TikTok feed putting out content that makes people aware that I'm selling wine as someone who's buying wine. But that's brand. What brand does is allows you in a biddable SEM world if somebody's paying $1.40, if you're great at social media content, you could pay 69 cents because then when they see the Gary V name, they trust that through all the content. See where I'm going? It all yep. works hand in hand. It all works hand in hand. Yeah, man, preach. I, I mean, and that's the thing that I've tried to say over and over and over and over again. Um, really, anytime I have any sort of breakout session, keynote, podcast, whatever it is, I'm trying to just say the same things over and over and over again. But I do think one thing is key is, um, you started going down that path with the wine library stuff is where we've made such a successful run in this business is that we found a niche that we were good at and we focused on it every day, the same type of customer over and over and studied the information from it. Cause like you'd said, with the directing piece, you get like facts back that tell you like somebody actively searched for what you do and then what did it turn into? You can track just about everything in that world today. Um, something else that's really caught my attention really through the, this year is the OTT world. And we haven't we haven't normally um, rolled that out as a service yet, but we've been piloting it. Um, I love that there's some trackable pieces to it. Um, you mean you mean the concept of whether on Hulu or Amazon Fire Stick, I can go based. That's what I'm. And, and I love the fact that some of our home services customers, because all of our guys are HVAC, plumbing, refrigeration, electrical, that type of stuff, roofing. Now, um, we'll start throwing QR codes in their OTT ad so then people can pick up their phone, scan it, and then book an appointment right from and the now, OTT. And now a 65-year-old is comfortable with QR codes because restaurants are using them for menus and we're team of them. Yeah, and it's not like it's, uh, I mean, because COVID kind of normalized QR codes and it got easier. Remember when you used to have like the app, you had the download and now you right, can just do now, it from here. The the right, the picture. Mm -hmm. It's easier. So is there, like, we're teasing out this whole thing and we're seeing some decent success from it. I still see it as a branding, like as a branding tool that's kind of turning into I would call it, I call, I call it brand formants 
Think about how you were just about to go with your sentence. I kind of talking like, because you know it's still branding. It won't convert as well as intent-based SEM. What you have, what you have, and what many people have is when you're transitioning people from sales to branding, you have to tread strategically because people don't know how to build big businesses. They look for short-term sales. So the reason you were about to say what you were about to say is properly right, which is you know if you have a client on the other side and they're spending 10,000 bucks and they get 97 leads and now you do the other thing and they spend 10,000 bucks and they get 17 leads, they're like, wait a minute, why'd you make me do that? The real answer is it's because this sneaker that I'm wearing, I paid a lot of money just for this, it's brand. And so what you know is, hey Johnny, hey Sally, this QR OTT thing might only get you 17 people up front, black and white, versus 97 from Google AdWords. Oh, by the way, Google AdWords are blue letters. This is a video with your face on it. You keep pounding that. Eventually, your, your Google ads are gonna get you 197 people instead of 97 people for 10,000, because now people know that name. And so that's what people don't get. Yeah, and I'm seeing like a, uh, I love it because I do think there's, I mean, there's such a, you said brand formants. You knew where I was going with it. And it's because I, I actually am seeing it play out. So I believe in it. Like I'm a believer now. And I love that you can make the video unique per like even zip code at this point, which is so cool. There's so much stuff you can do with it. It's still, you still have to have the creative piece of it. So I'm enjoying what we're learning from it. Is there like any particular platform that you think is better than the other? Like, I think Hulu and Amazon Fire Stick are the two OTT players. I mean, I think, I think what we're talking about is really done well on YouTube. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yep. Really I would, I would say that's probably <laughs> we've been talking about YouTube for a while. That's, um, um, that's really, really where it's at. Dude. Now I'm going to switch gears on you. And I know you like talking about this. Um, you and me, I had like a little side conversation about it before. Um, I'm going to get into recruiting because one of the things that we we've found is, um, and even us as a business, as we've grown and we've had some really great growth over the last few years is recruiting has gotten more difficult, even though there's like all these, there's lots of job openings, lots of people hiring. It's kind of become more difficult. It's not a lack of applications. It's a lack of um, qualified candidates to come on board. So something we've been really thinking about as we build out like our growth plan is what does that look like in 2022 for us to bring on, you know, skilled employees? It's like the skilled trades are hard because you can't just find somebody and train them in four months and send them on their way. There's a lot that goes to it. But do you think, and this might be more of an and or, which is kind of like what you've told me before, but do you think it makes sense now for companies to start to bring in people who might have no skill whatsoever and almost have your own incubator of employees where you bring them in, you train them from scratch and you start building out your own like, um, little system for breeding your own employees that are done, have learned the way you want. It's just a longer process. Or do you think you still do the traditional, like just keep recruiting? Cause I feel like everybody's hitting in like the, all the recruiting platforms 
Is it one? Is it the other? Is it both? I've been leaning towards I'm going to build my own Rhino U and start creating our own employees and just have them go through the system and just be, just hang on for the long term cycle. Um, I'm obsessed with what you you know. I think that so many people have misplayed the um, skilled worker game by not creating their incubator. I think you've got it perfectly set. You're 100% right. I fully believe in it. By the way, it's what I do at VaynerMedia. I hire at scale. And everybody you work with at the Sasha Group, I taught. What else can I tell you? <laughs> like, Gary, you don't get it. I'm like, you, what do you mean I don't get it? I run a service business based on humans who none of them know what the fuck I'm talking about when they start because they're either kids or they have old marketing behavior that's wrong. I only teach. I actually hire nobody that knows the thing the way we know it. Yeah, which I don't know which one is is harder. Sometimes breaking old habits it was hard too. I'll, but I'll save you. I'll save you time breaking old habits. It's not even close, by the way. It's not even close. Okay. That's good. And, and, and a lot real, of this too, because because it becomes subconscious bias. They don't even realize they're stuck in old habits. They could have the greatest intent. They're just stuck. We're humans. We're animals. Yep. I got it. Well, and I try to think about it from two point of views. That was kind of like a two-sided question because I'm thinking about selfishly for us as a company because we have a growth plan we have to hit in order to hit that plan. We got to have bodies, you know, but um, also for our customers, it's like the common problem where we might be able to deliver all this lead volume for them. We're tracking it. We know it's coming in, but they don't have the staff to go and run the lead volume. That's a whole different problem. So we saw a lot of our, um, I would say our industry leaders creating their own like schools within their company to kind of cultivate their own employees and technicians. So I'm a fan of it. It's just a lot of work. I think that's what it's come down to is who, who wants to put in the work and, and take the time to get it right. All right. I'm going to switch gears on you, man. And I know you're going to like this next question because you're all over this piece. So this is me kind of lobbing up a softball for you, but it pertains to our customer base as well. When we first reached out to you, like the biggest problems I had and when I was trying to chase down this potential partnership was our social media effort needed a lot of help. And we were doing really poor at branding our own company. Like we had a lot of good brand recognition inside the industry within particular mm -hmm. manufacturers, but our brand equity overall wasn't like great. Our reputation was great, but the brand was mm -hmm. very minimal at best. Today, mm -hmm. way different story. Um, as we built out the social team, the obvious big thing that happened too was, you know, Facebook changing its name, you know, to Meta and doing this whole thing. So immediately what that makes me think of or our social media customers think of is like, oh, what kind of changes is what's happening? Um, I think we know that like the Web3 and the NF and the uh, NFTs present like a huge opportunity. I know you know that. Um, but can you share your thoughts on like on how home service businesses could build a strategy around NFTs and, uh, and maybe create customer loyalty or value over long term? Do you know anything about that kind of stuff, Gary? <laughs> a little something. First of all, NFTs represent smart contracts. So every contract you make can be and NFT, and, and more importantly, eventually will be. So one thing I can see is, I assume people here, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm gonna make some assumptions, but some people at the highest levels are able to create some sort of retainer when they do work with people, right? Like a service check-in, right? Like Correct, yep. Right. Yep. Check this out. How cool, and this is a little bit like, this is where it's going. And some people might be like, he's wrong. And I understand why, because it's a little quote unquote far-fetched, but it's going to be real. Instead of a contract that you wrote with somebody that they signed, that help me here, what, what's a good annual service fee on whatever they've done? What does it look like out there? 
couple hundred, like basically they just have a annual maintenance program too. Maybe it costs a couple hundred dollars and it's just to get them back in the door. I know. I know a couple hundred bucks a year. Yep. Beautiful. Imagine if everyone look and everyone you agree with me is a pretty localized business, right? Yeah. For, for the, for the, the most majority. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. know that there's right. Even if they're a global player, national player, their business is localized. They may Correct. have 37, right? Check yep. this out. Instead of your service fee being some sort of line item on an invoice or like a contract, imagine you teamed up with local artists, just an artist from the high school, the community college, uh, a, your friend, uh, some a famous one that just happens to be in town and you designed NFTs just like my V friends are actually tickets to V conference what if your annualized uh, service fee now instead of 200 bucks was 500 bucks, but you give the person an NFT with an artist that there, and then the NFT represents not only the service contract, but you also team up with the local restaurant that's pretty famous. And anybody who has one of these NFTs also gets to do a community wine, wine event or charity auction or clam bake, or you know, everyone, if in Maryland it's a clam bake, if in Texas it's a barbecue, right? Well, look what I just did. Because you made $300 more on the NFT, it allowed you to spend $100 of that back into an event that has 800 people come to, 80 people, 15 people. It's a ticket, it's a contract. Look how creative I just was on something that I know everybody's like, what the hell did he just say? Or that's, people aren't gonna do that. People are gonna do that. They're, buy, they're buying the $200 service fee anyway. It, imagine this. Hey, our service fee is 200 bucks if you want the service fee or 400 bucks if you want the NFT that represents it, but you get these added values. Oh, by the way, the NFT is an asset. It's done by this artist. If that artist gets famous from our college, you might be able to sell that for $5,000 one day. Could you imagine this? I'm gonna paint a very real picture. This will happen. You, as a service provider for this industry, tap a local artist to design something that's just about the town, Springfield, New Jersey. Not even literal, it's not like a literal interpretation of like HVAC or this, just like a piece of art. But it represents the contract. Could you imagine if that artist, God forbid, went on to become somebody that became somewhat famous and now all of a sudden your service contract actually became a collectible worth $3,000? Oh, let's say like a ticket stub from a game, do you understand, brother, that in the 1900s, people bought sports cards, Babe Ruth rookie cards, and thought it was nothing, and put it on bike spokes? Like, there <laughs> were people only 70 years ago that had Honus Wagner cards worth millions of dollars, but they just threw them out, or they used it as a dartboard, or comic books that kids read, but Spider-Man number one, like, an NFT done by a local artist as a service contract for a company that is listening right now that that artist goes on to become famous. So that's the, that's the new world we're living in. I know, and I'm, listen, I want everybody to hear this. I know that sounds wild. It's just not wild to me. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, obviously, like you just threw that out that fast and there's probably some so many different avenues you can take with the two along those lines. But also, it seems like what you could pull from that too is content like if you if you're doing some sort of like event like that you said clam bake i'd say out here in arizona it might be more like a fiesta <laughs> um or wherever it doesn't matter but the point is you could almost create like a you could get content from whatever it is too from these things but i think that 
if there's enough value and they don't even really understand what the NFT is, value is yet, there's still enough there to get it to help them understand. I, it's so it's so new. It's hard to to help clarify what it really means, what the value really is. And it's still so at the forefront. I know you're such a believer in it. It took me a while to start to understand it. But it, after I watched enough, I started to get it and I knew and I could see it. So, you know me, man, I'm always trying to be progressive on behalf of the home services industry that I serve and I love. So I'm always trying to think of like, what's next? I reached out to you and to the Sasha group and all this stuff to stay progressive in my world because I found a hurdle. I was vulnerable, vulnerable enough to say, I don't know this piece. And on behalf of my customers and my employees, I got to figure it out quick. What's the best way I can do it? I went right to the top. What I felt like was the top. That was you guys to help me bypass those hurdles three years later. It worked like and we're on this we're on this awesome trajectory, you know, up. And I've just taken the time to implement the things like I've really listened. I made you know, I made my mind up on things. and I moved forward with it. Something like this is something I'm willing to try. You know that about me. I'm willing to try anything that it's comes. My, it's, it's, it's my favorite part about you. It's I think I actually think it's your core strength as an entrepreneur. Do you know how many things I fail at by trying? 90. Do you know how many I hit? Two. Do you know that the two offset the 90 by 10x? The end. Yeah. I just yeah. explained entrepreneurship. <laughs> the end. That was entrepreneurship. <laughs> so I got my I got my graduation cap. Yeah, no, I get it. And and, and that's just it. So um, again, this is just like what's kind of neat about this, man, if you think about it, at least from my perspective, and, and the fact that you kind of created this whole thing is it's the end of a three-year partnership that I'm extremely grateful for. And here we are kind of finishing with something new that's also like next level that I'm now going to go and try. And what's kind of neat about it is I brought one of our customers to Sasha Group and we have like a mutual Ooh. customer with one another, big, big player, big player. Awesome. And that's the one I'm that's the one I'm gonna lean on to do it. And I'm gonna have him be the first one. He's the perfect one to do it. And we'll roll. Um I want to finish with this because I know we're getting pretty Please. close on time. I want to be respectful of it. Um, you know, this is, I've never had any of the, uh, any of our employees sit in on any of these meetings. We have a few sitting in here behind the screen that you can't see. Um, just kind of watching people who've, who've, uh, know we have all this partnership in place, but maybe haven't been like, haven't seen anything like this. So I have them sitting in here too, just to kind of be a part of it. Cool. But on this three-year path, man, like, as you know, we've grown so much, like our staff has grown so much. Um, the company has grown so much. I mean, just everything about us has grown. And I would love for you to share, not with just those in, in the room, but really I'm going to share this with all of my Rhino employees. Um, if you could give any piece of advice, any like words of encouragement to the employees listening right now to make them better in 2022, what would it be? And I'm not just talking personal. You know how I roll, man. I mean, of business. I'm talking A, when you were an employee, of any organization, the biggest thing that most employees miss is they're 100% in control. At any second, unlike my parents in the Soviet Union, my grandparents in the Soviet Union, my great-grandparents in the Soviet Union, you can wake up tomorrow and say, I don't believe in Gary anymore, and I'm gonna leave. Now, of course, that constant paycheck and you gotta find something else, but the number one thing I always tell employees, starting with mine and then others, is you're in control. You're in control. Number two, the next thing I always tell employees is be empathetic. You may be really mad at your boss today. She or he may be having news last night that their mom's dying. We lack empathy 
in society and definitely when someone's an employee because they expect more and they should from the person above them. However, empathy and understanding accountability and control lead to an incredible framework for employees. Uh, I'm a very big fan of that and it really works. Third of all, I would say, how well do you know yourself? Never, ever, ever work at a job that you don't enjoy, AKA, if you do not like your job, genuinely, you don't like it, you do it because of the money, um, you must at all times that you have downtime in the evening, on weekends, on holidays, you must plot and work hard to create an opportunity for you to take a different job that makes you happier. No amount of money is worth joy and fulfillment and happiness and you can do it, you can do it. Uh, number four, if you're lucky to catch a rhino by the tail and have somebody you believe in and you like, spend time communicating to your leaders, bosses or managers that you actually are brought in. Uh, every time an employee has come to me and said, I actually wanna be here a long time, it has completely changed the way I think about them and I go, I go 110% for it. You've, got a, you've really probably learned a lot about Gary Vee through all the meetings that don't involve me and how my people talk about me and act about me and talk about me. And that's because I give them 110%. Let it be no confusion. Every employee that's ever come to me and said, Gary, I think I'm here for 15 years, they get 120%. I can't help it, I'm a human being. I'm so grateful and humbled by that. It makes me subconsciously, let alone consciously, go harder at it for them. Those would be my answers. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to finish with this. You know, I was told, I heard this year for the first time, and I, can't, I wish I could remember who said it. It's so important. I forget who the heck said it to me, but I used it going into my um, three-year planning period uh, that I went through with our leadership team. I was told that my vision as the CEO, the leader of the company has to be big enough for everyone else's vision to fit in it. I love that. So when I, when I heard that, I was like, Wow. And I'm a big dreamer, man. Like I'm a big visionary. I can see big, but I'm starting to think like, as I go through and look at these different positions, am I giving everyone else the opportunity with their vision to fit in my vision? Is it big enough? So I kind of had to have a, like a moment of uh, self-reflecting on um, is what I'm doing enough for everybody else. I love that. Listen, that's why my buying the jets is so big, right? I tell everybody that makes a ton of sense to me. I agree with that completely. I apologize. I've got to run. I love you. Stay well. We'll talk soon. Gary, we'll see you, buddy. Cheers. Later. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really Really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.